Are the ideals of socialism growing increasingly popular in the United States? Today, we'll hear from a woman who was raised in the former Soviet Union and who knows exactly what it is like to live in a political system where the government was big. So big, it controlled nearly everything about the lives of its citizens. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carlitis, your host, and this is the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to go ahead and invite you to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also ask, of course, every week that you would go ahead and share a podcast with your mom friends. Also, if you have an idea, a topic, a guest, any feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and email me, Debbie, at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, that's podcast at momsforamerica.net. All right, I do want to invite all of you mamas listening to join our movement here at Moms for America. It's moms like us, me and you, uniting all across the country to fight for our faith, our family, our freedom, and the Constitution. So please check us out, Moms for America at momsforamerica.us. That's our website. All righty, so today I want to go ahead and start with a beautiful quote from Ronald Reagan. Uh, this is very familiar to many of us, and I want to start this out for, for obvious reasons. The quote from him is, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. We all can understand uh, what a frightful place America is. and. Um, what we are very concerned as moms about where our country is going and what freedom looks like for our children and our grandchildren. So that quote is very applicable to today and to today's discussion. We are going to be talking about freedom in the next generation. So today's guest will help us do just that. Tanya Rakuba, I got it, there we go. Tanya Rakuba was born in the former Soviet Union and lived in Moscow until she was 29 years old. She and her family were able to, to uh, immigrate to the U.S. as persecuted Christians shortly after the 1991 collapse of the Soviet Union. Wow, what a story. Her husband, Sergei, is the president of Mission Eurasia. I'm not sure I'm saying all this correctly, but it, it is a Christian organization that focuses on evangelism in the countries of the former Soviet Union. Tanya worked as an occupational therapist assistant. Currently, she's a homemaker and family caregiver, and she has an incredible story uh, about freedom, about the country that she lived in, and what she's concerned about as she looks at America. So I want to go ahead and I want to welcome Tanya to the Moms for America podcast. Welcome, Tanya. Hello. Thank you so much uh, for having me on the program, Debbie. Well, Tanya, um, I saw a post that you uh, shared on Facebook mm -hmm. and it resonated with me as it was resonating with a lot of uh, moms 
on Facebook and I said, could you come and share your story? Because it's very powerful when people speak from experience. It's very moving, it's very powerful, it's very educational, and uh, it's very eye-opening. So your story today on freedom, communism, socialism is going to be very important because we're looking at this. This is staring right at us, mm -hmm. um, straight in the face here in America. But before we get to that, would you just tell us a little bit about your family? I know that you're a mom. Um, tell us about your, your, your clan over there. <laughs> Well, uh, my name is Tanya. Uh, I'm, um, I'm a wife of Sergei Rakuba. We have three children. Uh, two of them were born uh, in the Soviet Union in the late 80s. And uh, one was born here in the United States after we immigrated. Um, she's our baby. She's only 13, actually. She is uh, going to be in eighth grade uh, this coming school year. Um, awesome. Yeah, I worked, uh, I went to college after uh, we immigrated, I became an occupational therapist assistant and worked with the uh, um, disabled population, elderly population for about 20 years. And now since my family situation changed, I have to be home taking care of my own family. Um, right. Yep. That's, that's well, we're glad to have you on the show. And I know you told me, said, Debbie, I've, I've never really shared this. I've never done a podcast. <laughs> so we're just taking down all the all the walls here. This is just a great conversation um, between mom to mom and for the moms that are listening, because this is very important what you have um, to share here today. So, Tanya, you were raised in Moscow uh, when Russia was a part of the, of the former Soviet Union. Tell us um, maybe a little bit of history of the country, because we may have moms uh, and folks that are not is as familiar as you are. And then we'll talk a little bit about what life was like there for you. Sure. Um, the Soviet Union was, um, a, was a big country. It was uh, the first like flagship socialist country in the world. It consisted of uh, 15 uh, national republics, uh, federal republics. But uh, in um, reality, the power was extremely centralized. Uh, by the government uh, and economy. The history of uh, the Soviet Union um, started probably, I would say, in uh, November of 1917, when a group of violent socialist, uh, young group of um, people uh, overthrew the Russian uh, monarchy and took power in their hands, um, promising their followers to be um, providers of everything, especially uh, they pro promised freedom, uh, equality, and brotherhood. So uh, in reality, of course, it didn't really happen the way they promised. And uh, while trying to establish their, pow their power, uh, they killed uh, millions and millions of uh, their own people of their own country. Uh, so I uh, was born already when the power of the Soviets was uh, established domestically and internationally. The world was in the middle of Cold War and possibly looking in the face of nuclear disaster because it was a Cuban missile uh, crisis. Um, and uh, that's when I was born in wow. Moscow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, thank you for a little bit of that history and catching us up on that because um, now you were raised in Moscow um obviously for for until what how old were you when you left i was 29 
29th. Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't want to miss say that. So what was life like in Moscow for the 29 years that you lived there? What did you see? Well, I lived with my uh, parents and my uh, brother, my grandma in a two-bedroom apartment uh, that the government gave us. Uh, everything was uh, provided by the government. Um, and because in, in the Soviet socialism, um, it is basically ev everything is owned by the government and people cannot own private property. Uh, so all housing was provided. So in, it's not only the housing, but also the utilities that uh, we used uh, were provided and uh, controlled by the government. Really? So your oven was owned by the government? <laughs> the gas, the gas. Okay. <laughs> so the gas was owned by the yeah, which they could turn off and turn on at any time. They, they well, had the electricity, control. everything, right? Uh, Nothing is yeah. yours. Nothing yeah, is they, yours. They control temperature in your uh, apartment, so you couldn't adjust colder or hotter. So whatever they set it up for, that's what you had. Wow. Um, okay. So this is what you grew up in. You knew nothing different. I didn't know anything different. I uh, went to um, a, a governmental school, um, which was a requirement. We couldn't skip school. Otherwise, uh, you know, parents would be in jail for not sending kids to school. No other uh, educational option was available. Uh, all education. No, no parental rights there. No parental rights there. Uh, no, not really. No, not really. Whatever, they, whatever the government said, uh, it was done, uh, including in like the big deal right now, including vaccinations. Nobody asked uh, if uh, your child needs to be vaccinated or not. It was scheduled and government did it regardless of uh, um, parents agreement or disagreement. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so, but you know, uh, I actually liked going to school. I was a good student um, and um, I learned a lot of things uh, and especially about the system where we um, th that we had uh, at the time in the country. And uh, it was taught to us that we lived in the best country in the world, mm. that we were free, uh, that um, we, were, uh, we, we had a chance to build our own bright future with our own hands. And the bright future was communism. So we were free. So they're conditioning you, messaging you to push towards communism, that that was even oh. going to be a better, better life for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was the goal, because they followed their Marxist theory of uh, historical development, and uh, communism was the goal for, um, worldwide communism was the goal for all societies altogether. I want to just, um, it, even just you saying that historical development, mm -hmm. very interesting choice of words. So they were conditioning, developing, um, Explain that a little bit further. What was the messaging like in, in the country? And what did you, I guess you just had to adopt the philosophy, correct? Yeah, uh, there was no other option. Uh, we were to, you know, just kind of regurgitate whatever we learned to our teachers to get good grades or to get grades at all. Um, but uh, uh, historical development in the Marxist theory uh, was uh, um, uh, um, a universal law that they uh, said there was a universal law um, by which history developed. Uh, and it started from uh, the primitive groups of people, then they uh, moved to 
um, slave group of people, then feudal group of people, then capitalist group of people, then socialist, and then the crown of development would be communist group of people that would be perfect society. But in order to move from one group or from one stage to another stage, uh, there was a key factor, it was class struggle. So there was always a revolution in the Marxist view of, uh, of the world. So just to go from one stage to another, there was supposed to be a violent revolution to move the society wow. to perfection. That wow. was something that uh, I, I remember it in, in my fifth grade history. I remember it like I, you know, I took it yesterday with the teacher drawing the uh, diagram on the blackboard, <laughs> how it all worked. Wow. Um, so this revolution, um, this, this path that they had you on, what did you see? What were you a part of? Well, uh, when I uh, was already um, like teenage years and started understanding a lot of things, I was, I, I didn't see a lot of violence on the streets anymore because it was already past uh, that stage and uh, the Soviets solidified their power by killing the previous generations, uh, which included my parents and my grandparents. Uh, so many of their contemporaries were um, put to prison or actually killed. Um, but when I was uh, growing up, it was not that bad anymore because people already were um, obedient to whatever the government said because nobody wanted to be killed anymore. But reading a history, which was presented to us as, um, as a necessary uh, um, violence for achieving better life. I, I didn't really like that part uh, because there was a lot of violent stories about red terror, uh, about uh, um, multiple families uh, disappearing, uh, about all kinds of you know, train going off the tracks just all for the uh, victory of communism. And that kind of made me thinking, I don't know if I like that because this mm -hmm. is too much violence. There's too much killing and blood. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and life wasn't really in a great place either because when you, I guess, you know, we haven't grown up in a socialist country or in communism. So we don't understand how limiting that is. But if you grow up in a limited society, then you just figure this is just how it is everywhere. You keep getting promised freedom, but you never attain it. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, the society where I grew up was limiting. I didn't realize it at that time, of course, because I had nothing to compare it with. Right. But uh, uh, a lot of things were limited to what the government uh, provided for us or did or, or said, uh, for example, um, they controlled the means of distribution of goods. So whatever they made under government um, factories, uh, we were to eat but, uh, or, or dress or um, use for our, I don't know, just uh, everyday life. Uh, there were not too many choices of food or clothing, uh, but this is what it, uh, it was. And uh, we couldn't go in it. There was no private businesses who would make different clothes or pr produce different food. Uh, so that was limiting in this sense. Um, and uh, education too, education was limited, even though it was free, you know, uh, they would say, uh, you can go on and get a free education. You will pay nothing for it. 
but uh, the competition was extremely um, difficult to get in any uh, higher education uh, institutions. Mm -hmm. And also there are certain groups of people like Jews, for example, or Christians, they were not really allowed to get a higher education. Uh, and we thought it was normal <laughs> because we didn't know anything else. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so where did this kind of start changing from for you? When did things start? Um, I even I've even heard uh, I had a gal and that talked to us and grew up in China and she said that they were taught that the government could hear discussions in their home. So I mean it, it is a, a different culture. It's a whole different um, it's so oppressive, you know, because you just have no, you can't go to the right or to the left. You just have to stay in their lane. But um, you're, you're a faith-based Christian, so um, you had some issues and happening with you and in your life, and you decided to come to America. What was happening that moved you in this course of coming to America? Well, we were um, one of the persecuted groups, and actually, I think we were the group number one. Because, so what uh, does that mean, a persecuted group? What would you be, what, what does that mean? Well, uh, when, um, when October Revolution happened in, uh, in Russia, when the socialists took power um, in Russia, they followed Marxist uh, ideology. Marxist ideology is completely materialistic ideology that reject, rejects God completely. So. It, uh, we live in, in an atheist country that um, we were told that uh, there is no God. Uh, we cannot worship uh, anyone because uh, there is nothing except for people living on this earth. Um, uh, we were prohibited to uh, go to churches. There, there were some uh, government approved churches, but uh, the kids were pro prohibited to go there until they turn 18 years old. Um, there was no printing Bibles or uh, Christian literature. Uh, there was no Bible schools or seminaries or anything that had to do with Christianity. In earlier years of the Soviet Union, a lot of Christian leaders were uh, killed uh, or put to prison just to exterminate Christianity, uh, period. And, um, it's, it's interesting that you use that word exterminate too. Mm -hmm. yep, that is yeah, an interesting choice of words because that is what they wanted to completely wipe it out. Yes, uh, they actually one of our uh, one of uh, the Soviet leaders, Nikita Khrushchev. I don't know if uh, it brings any memories to anybody, but he was here uh, in the uh, United States, I believe, and he uh, said that um, in the 1980s uh, he will show the last Christian people in the Soviet Union on the screen of our TVs. So he was. Yeah, he was to, I don't know, just get rid of Christianity altogether. And the last species he would show on TV for all people to see how uh, you know horrible these Christians are. So it was a uh, it was a program of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union to just exterminate Christians. And this is a part of their playbook. We know that. And, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So now you are a Christian. Yes. This is happening. You're watching this unfold. Um, what, what are you? What are you seeing happening? When I uh, look in my childhood, what I I'm not sure I understand. 
how bad it, it got with the Christianity, the attack on Christianity, and, and then your move, and I guess just your whole journey now to America. You decided you were given some grace. You were able to, to come here um, as, as a persecuted class, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so uh, it was not really um, um, easy to live a Christian life in the Soviet Union because we, we definitely had to hide and there were a lot of underground churches. Uh, um, so the government would not know in, anything about them. Um, and uh, when uh, the Soviet Union started kind of falling apart, um, I'm not sure how it all worked, but the, uh, other Western countries, they were opening their doors for Christians uh, to come in. Uh, in the, by the time uh, the Soviet Union collapsed, then we Because you would have been jailed or killed could have or been something. Uh, killed, something I'm horrible. not sure at that time, but jailed for sure, yes. Okay. Jailed, jailed, and um, whatever else they could do to make it hard on you, right? You couldn't oh, maybe shop, food. I mean, they, their goal was to make this extremely difficult for you, if not, and in the end, exterminate, you said. Yeah, they uh, definitely didn't want any Christian there. Uh, they, they were not really killing uh, mm -hmm. people as they were in the beginning, but there were a lot of people in prison for their faith. A lot of mm -hmm. uh, people. I, I have friends that were uh, in prison for four or five years, or wow. their parents uh, just uh, for being Christian. So it was not a, a very welcoming society no. to, <laughs> to live there. So whenever we had a chance to live, we, we left. Uh, and because the United States opened the door for uh, us and other Christians, we decided to immigrate to the United States. Wow. Well, what a what a blessing that was. Um, it was. And I, it was. I'm sure you love America and appreciate um, uh, the sovereignty here and, and the, the great place it is to raise a family. So you took your two kids mm -hmm. and were able to come here and yep. start a new life. Absolutely. Yep. I love America. Uh, it's a great country. Uh, it gave us so um, many opportunities uh, that we would never, ever had uh, in the country that we used to live in. Um, yep, so we, um, we applied uh, for uh, immigration. Uh, our immigration process was about six, uh, I mean, until they looked at our application, it was about six months, then the interview in the uh, embassy of the United States in Moscow. Uh, we got our refugee status, and then from there, uh, probably about another six months that we could uh, come. And so here we are with two children, uh, husband, um, two suitcases, third person, and two cats. <laughs> we, we brought the cats because we didn't wanna, didn't wanna leave them on the street. So we had two cats. So that was it. That that's how we came. So did you know you wanted to come to America? Was America the place that you would prefer? Yes, um, we heard a lot about um, America. We heard a lot about religious freedom, which was uh, yes. very important, which is very, very important for us, where people could worship freely, uh, could go to church, could evangelize. That's uh, another thing that uh, the church in, um, in, the, in the Soviet Union was prohibited from uh, doing. Uh, we couldn't do any 
good works. We couldn't help people. We couldn't evangelize other people. We were supposed to be behind our uh, doors and just be shut and not say anything about uh, Jesus Christ or anything like that. In America, it was completely different and it was one of the major attractions uh, why we came. Wow, what a blessing, huh? So when you look back at what your life could have been versus what it is now, and I'm just now just trying to, to talk freely about what socialism, what communism, what dictatorship, what, what these uh, types of forms of government do to their people. They crush their people. Um, they stifle them. Um, they prohibit them. Uh, they limit them. What would, what would life have been like there for you if you didn't come here? Well, it's, uh, I can't really, uh, you know, like describe exactly what it would be because the Soviet Union collapsed. The Soviet power um, was not uh, there anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. However, Russia, uh, that's where we live, like in, in Moscow, it, it has its different uh, challenges in uh, religious freedom there um, is um, suffering, I, I should say now. Uh, and now, uh, well, Russia is a different country than the Soviet Union. And now we right. see the war uh, that is happening with Ukraine right. and other uh, things. Uh, for, from what I know, uh, in Russia now, the re religious freedom um, is not really there. Uh, they have their state religion uh, and they kind of follow uh, their state religion, which is Orthodox um, uh, Church of Russia. Uh, and uh, as far as Protestants uh, go, like Baptists and other Protestant groups, um, they had their churches destroyed actually just recently in, in Russia in yeah. um, congregations spread um, just all over the place because uh, they were not allowed to worship. So I'm not sure, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it would not be um, as successful and as free um, as it is here now. When you, when you look at um, America now uh, and you see baby food uh, shortages for formula, you see high gas prices, you see the economy failing, um, unru unrest, unsettle, does this um, make you concerned? Is this, are these things that you saw in your homeland? Is, are these things that follow um, you know, a big government? A big government that can decide everything. Definitely, it, <laughs> empty shells brought some bad memories, uh, you know, for, for me, because we went through a lot of uh, those empty shells, uh, and for uh, many years actually, uh, when we couldn't uh, get food or gas in, in the country that is like the Soviet Union was a country rich with oil and gas natural resources, but we didn't have as consumers and citizens of the country, we didn't have gas. We, we couldn't fill up cars or whoever had cars. Um, uh, we didn't have food, even though uh, the Soviet Union produced a lot of wheat. Uh, so I'm- So rich I'm, in resources, there were rich but empty shelves. But empty shelves, yeah. And, and that's the problem with the government because they decide their own programs. They decide where they wanna um, spend their money and how they wanna treat their people. Um, we had a two level system there in the Soviet Union when the, uh, the government people, the party leaders, the uh, government officials, they were treated um, 
as privileged people, and the rest of them were gray masses, uh, which, you know, the rest of the people, and they kind of survived uh, on whatever was left. Um, so, it, it, of course, it depends on how the government spends the money and what they uh, prioritize. Um, like for, at that time, for us, it was very important to win the Cold War. So all uh, resources, instead of feeding their own children, uh, their own people, and uh, helping the healthcare and other projects inside the country, everything was spent for uh, Cold War um, expenses. Uh, so suffered. yeah, mm -hmm. it, it yeah it depends on how the government uh, distributes their um, their money. Right, big government uh, they got big plans and they can do whatever mm -hmm. they want, whatever they want. Um, when you look um, at, at America right now and some of the young people may be kind of embracing socialism, or or thinking that communism maybe is is got a. a a silver lining to it, or you see where America is going with our freedoms. What do you say um, to these younger folks or to the population that thinks that maybe socialism is 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 okay, or maybe it's a an alternative way for America to go? What do you say from your experience? Well, they don't know what they wish for <laughs> um, exactly. because. Uh, of course, they, um, a lot of young people, and I, I can understand that, a lot of young people uh, would like to have things fair. Um, uh, so that's why they think about wealth distribution uh, and maybe, you know, the free education or free healthcare, because of course, you know, people need to have uh, healthcare and education, it, it's understandable. However, um, the problem with it, is that uh, nothing is free and uh, free cheese is only in a mouse trap. You know, mm. uh, when it's free, uh, then it's probably not good and you don't want it. Uh, that's what happened to us. Uh, our healthcare was absolutely terrible. Mm. Um, How bad was the healthcare there, just as a side note? Well, they, <laughs> they said it was free, but we had to buy, uh, we, we had to pay doctors to uh, treat our uh, loved ones better or us. Uh, better than uh, uh, it was available for, for free. Uh, they had very scarce resources, uh, no uh, supplies or medicine. And later on, when it came to the, like, the very brink of the collapse, uh, we, we didn't even have uh, linens in uh, hospitals. So we had to come, like, people would come with their own bed sheets. I mean, you know, <laughs> because there was nothing. It's um, hard for us to even understand that, but it, it, it did happen and it is true. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and also um, on the other side, you know, people wanted to be fair, but when they, they need to think about uh, uh, fairness from the perspective of the uh, person who produces, you know, it is not fair uh, for the person who produces uh, things to be taken away from him or her and given to the person who doesn't produce. Um, you know, it's good to be on the receiving end, but uh, when you work hard and it's taken mm -hmm. away from you, I don't think it's fair. Uh, and the young people need to think right. about it. It deflates a population because why succeed? Yes. Because the more successful you are, the more that you get, the more, you know, yeah. everything gets taken away or distributed. Mm -hmm. um, so why be successful? Why try hard? Why do your best, right? Mm -hmm. And it really deflates goals and ambition. 
it does. Uh, it kills productivity because you know if I go to work and uh, um, you know why would I want to be productive? <laughs> because it's not gonna do anything good to me personally. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, in in our system, it was equal pay for um, different types of work. But the bus driver would get the same amount of money as uh, a surgeon, for example, a doctor. Um, so th- there is there was no motivation to even work as a doctor because what is the difference when yet I can go drive a bus, you know, and get the same amount of uh, income. Right. right. What do you, Tanya? What would you kind of share with our moms that are listening that are raising the next generation of of, of children, the next generation of Americans? Uh, what would you tell them to to share with their children about the importance of Um, understanding that America is the land of the free, that we are so blessed to live in this country, and that how dangerous socialism and adopting this and walking, you know, getting closer and closer to this type of government, how dangerous that could be for them and their future. What would you say to the moms? Well, I would say to the moms that uh, they need to educate their own children. They need to research um, what socialism is all about. And of course, there are a bunch of different, like a lot of different definitions. I'm just talking about uh, socialism that I experienced personally. Uh, but no matter what it is, um, uh, a di- dictatorship, it's, it's a government controlling people's lives. Uh, so they need to know their country's history and uh, don't follow progressive history teachers, which I, <laughs> with my kids being educated here, going to school, I had to do a lot of it because uh, I didn't always like uh, what they were taught. Yeah, well, uh, you probably could give them a good history lesson. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and uh, especially now when it's like, it looks like it's out of control. My 13 year old, I'm like, we have like parallel history lesson at home <laughs> because I'm telling her what was uh, uh, going on and how it affected us and how we don't want this to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think uh, what is very important is uh, faith uh, because socialism uh, is built on its foundation is atheism. No matter what other people say, and they say, oh, there are Christian uh, socialists. Uh, I don't think it can be in my opinion because the foundation for both uh, is different. Um, it, it's not Christian based. It's atheism based uh, when the government is God and we are to worship the government. Uh, so uh, that that is important to um, to understand children. Yeah, to understand and to teach children that God is uh, their Lord and not the government, and that's mm-hmm. uh, and that our rights come from God, mm-hmm. not yes. the government. Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess uh, you wanted to mention a book that you thought was very important. Uh, and again, you know, when we when we talk this through with our kids, we've got to really be on the cutting edge of this because socialism has never worked, communism has never worked, dictatorship doesn't work. They fail, they kill their own people, they collapse. I mean, look at Venezuela, yes. one of the most beautiful countries, profitable, mm-hmm. gorgeous, and now they're eating out of garbage trucks. I mean, yeah. we have to understand that if we let go of our freedoms we run the risk of, of just having a, a failed country and that we have the greatest document, right? The constitution protects us and we must defend it and fight for it. So what do you want to tell us about this book? In fact, this book that you're going to talk about, we talk about in our cottage meetings. Oh, that's great. 
I love this book. Uh, it's called The Naked uh, Communism, Communist, Communist, and it's written by Cleon Skolson. And it's in, not in like a temporary book, I would say it was written in uh, 1958. But um, the author described how communism or how socialist government of the Soviet Union uh, worked, how it came to power, uh, how it um, applied its power to its people and what was the goal of it. And uh, um, we just also need to understand that uh, this, um, this um, form of socialism uh, is international. It doesn't mean that it's uh, confined to some kind of a location. This is global. This is global and it influences everybody in everything. Um, and it, even though the Soviet Union is not there anymore, but the ideas, mm -hmm. uh, they're still alive and they're still affecting other people uh, in their lives. Uh, and uh, so we need to be really aware of it. Okay. Thank you, Tanya. What an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. I know this was out of your comfort zone but we need to hear from from moms like you much more often so because a lot of this is lost in today's society we don't understand how good we have it we don't understand really what we're looking at and i'm sure when you're seeing empty shelves and you're seeing gas prices and you're talking about the government overstepping their boundaries it does bring you back to a moment in time where you lived this so thank you for sharing and keep keep sharing your story Keep sharing your, your voice and God bless you and your family. Yep, thank you so much for having me, Debbie. And uh, I was uh, happy to share what I know. <laughs> thank you. All right, thanks, Tanya. Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone else uh, that's listening out here, go ahead and share this with your mom friends. We really wanna let, um, we wanna ask moms to start thinking about where we are and where we're going and what we need to be doing. And what we need to be doing is teaching our children about the blessings and freedoms of America. So I wanna go ahead and remind you to visit our website at momsforamerica.us to check out all of our amazing resources, events, and programs. We talk about freedom all the time on our, uh, our website. We have a ton of resources available for you. Well, I wanna tell you about our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. This is 12 lessons that will inspire and educate you about America's amazing heritage so that you can share those principles of liberty. You can talk about freedom. You can teach about our history and our constitution in your home and speak out in your community. This program, along with many other programs on our website, will help you impact your family in a very, very powerful way. So from parental rights to public policy, uh, Moms for America has it all, and we do celebrate freedom every day and are thankful for it. So lastly, go ahead and please uh, sign up for our newsletter. This is a way that we can communicate uh, with you and let you know about all the programs and let you be connected with our team. Every week we say this, we believe that liberty begins at home and that moms are truly the heartbeat of America. That is why this movement is so powerful because it is being led by you moms. The moms are going to help save our country and um, take a stand for our children and their future. Like, subscribe, and share. Please join us again next week as we talk about another topic and have informative discussion with moms just like you. So thanks for joining us. Uh, God bless you. And let's keep changing our world one home at a time. See you next week.